Westwood service. I'm Holly Timberlake, the Director of Adult and Family Discipleship. We are so glad that you are joining us for worship. If you happen to be on Facebook, we encourage you to interact with one another and encourage one another and support each other while you're attending online. 
Um, if you are currently wanting to move from participant to partner, we have a faith walk coming up on Saturday, November 7th from 8.30 to 12.30, and we will provide a packaged breakfast for you. You can sign up for the faith walk with me at holly.timberlake at faithwestwood.com. Today during worship, we will have music, a children's time with Miss Leah, and Pastor Steve's message is give willingly. So we encourage you right now to get yourself into a space and ready to worship. Good morning, boys and girls. Miss Leah here. If you're joining us here in worship today, hi, I'm so glad to see you. And if you're joining us online, that's great too. I'm so glad you're here. No matter where you're joining us from, online or here in worship, remember that you are exactly where God wants you to be. The next couple of weeks, the grown-ups in church are talking about giving. And usually when we think about giving, we think about money or gifts. Well, you guys are kids, so you don't have a ton of money, right? But today I want to talk to you about four different ways that you can give right now. I have some items here to help us remember the ways that we can give. The first one is a measuring cup and a broom. Well, you can use the measuring cup to help fix dinner for your family, or it can even represent washing the dishes. And then we have the broom to sweep. It reminds us of all those chores and things that we can do around the house to help out our families. That's the first way we can give. So give me a thumbs up or a like in the comments below if you think you can help out in that way. The next way, see I have a toy and a book here. You can give by donating your old toys and books that you've outgrown or don't read anymore. Give me a thumbs up if you think you can give in that way or give me a like in the comments below. The next one is I have a watch here that represents your time. You can give of your time by serving with your family or volunteering to help someone out. You could listen to a friend who's having a hard time or you could give your time by reading a book online to someone in a nursing home. Give me a thumbs up if you think you can give in that way or give me a like in the comments below. The last way you can give is I have a marker and a paintbrush here. You can give of your talents. You could draw a picture or paint a picture or color a picture for someone or you could sing or dance or play an instrument on a video for someone to share your talents and your gifts with others. That's another way to give. So give me a thumbs up if you think you can give in that way or give me a like in the comments below. So see, you kids have so many ways you can give and God loves it when we give so willingly. And I know that you kids are always willing to step up and give and help out wherever you can. So this week, I want you to take an extra look around to see where you can help and give. And until next time, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. And all God's kids said, Amen. Now here's a message from Pete and Repeat about Trunkless Treat. Hey, Pete and Repeat here. Hey, we just wanted to remind you guys of the pumpkin decorating contest. That's right. As you can see, we have decorated our pumpkins. <coughs> I got mine. Beautiful, white, smooth, clean pumpkin. 
I think I am the winner, obviously. I mean, I spent the most time on mine. Yeah, it looks like you've spent a considerable amount of time. So we want to hit some Q points. Napping. Uh, yes. We want to hit some Q points on here. Q, that Q points. These need to be turned in the 25th. That'd be today. And then uh, prizes are going to be for all age groups. Yeah. So my age group and your age group are two different ones. And we'll make sure that Wait, we each what? get a prize. So I can win mine. Um, and then the pumpkins, these pumpkins here, will be display at the trunkless treat. They'll be going on later. Later today at 4 o'clock. Yeah. From 4 to 5.30. So please stop by and check out all the other people that have spent hours and hours decorating these beautiful pumpkins to make sure that they're all um, up there when they need to be up there. Right. So hope to see your pumpkin up on the wall. Hey, Pete and Repeat back again. So with 2020 kind of being all flipped upside down, we think it would be a great idea if we kind of flipped trunk or treat around. You know what the best part about trunk or treat I like is seeing all the little kids walk through in their costumes. Yep, but absolutely. because we're doing everything backwards, because 2020, I mean, you can flip it both directions and it'll work. Right. So we're gonna do things differently. We're gonna have the kids stay in their cars and drive through, and we're gonna have all the adults dress up. So we'd like to encourage anybody that can come and help out yep. Dress up in your costumes, and you'll be allocated a spot to stand safely away from other people. Yep. And you can dress in your costume, and the kids can go by, and they can wave at you, and you can wave at them. And it'll be a reverse trunk or treat. Right. The it's kids gonna, will come right to you. It'll be an adult parade. It will be. Perfect. Yep. Love it. Hope to see you there. We'll be there. You may not recognize us, but we'll be there. Today's scripture comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 6 through 12. So we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish this work, so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it, according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hi, everybody. I'm glad you're worshiping safely at home with us today. Um, at the church today, this is the seventh Sunday since we reopened our doors for the nine o'clock service. And with the masking and distancing, uh, we've been, I think, keeping everyone protected in the building. Next Sunday, we're adding our 1045 in-person worship. And then the following Sunday, November 8th, we plan to begin Children's Sunday School at 1045. We'll have it in Fellowship Hall. And the kids will wear masks like everybody else. Uh, Leah Denoso will have hula hoops to help the kids define their individual spaces. So it, it'll be the same but totally different. 
And then on November 21st, our pantry will give away between three and 400 bags of groceries, which we do every year. Uh, each one of those bags has supplies for a Thanksgiving meal for a family of four. And it'll all be done drive-through, uh, masked, safe for everybody. Yesterday morning, uh, if you looked in your email inbox, you noticed the uh, web page that we sent you with a few short videos on how you can be a part of what's going on. Uh, so I hope you saw it. It, uh, it looks like this. The team takes the field. And the web page has links so you can tell us if you want to learn more about being a part of those. Well, today here in worship, uh, we're gonna, we put those, together, those four videos together into one. So let's watch. Some of you I know are ready to get out of the house. You're ready to serve. And at Faith Westwood, we always want to do everything we can to make sure that that is a safe experience. And so if your health is good and you feel confident about the precautions that we take here at Faith Westwood uh, with safely distancing, masks required, then I want to invite you to join us as the team takes the field. Click on these three short videos and you'll see Jen, Leah and Holly share about how you can get off the bench and into the action. Hi. Gas Connections is the team that jumps on the playing field every Sunday in order to provide a welcoming atmosphere. If you've been warmly greeted or seated by an usher, then you know what a Guest Connections volunteer does. As Faith Westwood opens its doors, our number one priority is your safety. If you'd like more information about the Guest Connections team, I'd love to talk to you. And if you're currently serving, thank you. Your service does not go unnoticed. Hi everyone. Children's Ministry is gearing up to get back on the field on November 8th. We already know how fun these kids at Faith Westwood are to hang around. I mean, you've all had that children's time moment when they, they made you laugh, right? Well, I know these kids would love for you to join them on Sunday mornings in Sunday school. In Children's Ministry, we have a saying. We say it's the same, but totally different. So I know this year might look a little different, but it's the same great kids and it's the same great experience getting to know and learn and grow with these kids. Hello, I would like to tell you about Faith Works Pantry. Every month we provide a couple of days worth of food for about 90 families. We do it in a drive-through setting outside so that everyone's safe. On Saturday, November 21st, we'll be doing the Thanksgiving bag giveaway. More than 300 bags will be filled with Thanksgiving meal supplies, and we will have a gift card for a turkey. I would love to have you sign up. You can do that through responding to the Monday Faith Connect, or you can email me. Thanks. I remember when I was a little kid on Sunday mornings, one of my parents would give me a dime to bring as an offering for Sunday school. And then when I was really little, my mom would tie the coin into a small handkerchief so I wouldn't lose it playing with it. Now, I don't know if you, that ever happened to you, but I always remember it having that, that dime tied up in, into a hanky. The idea was to get me into the early habit of giving, which was fine. But I would say it was also a limited experience because I wasn't giving my money. And if I didn't give that dime, my Sunday school teacher would, I'm sure, mention it to my mom before I even got in the car to go home. 
Where did you first learn about giving? Who taught you to give? If you've been around Faith Westwood for a while, you've heard me say that I don't want anybody to give out of guilt or out of pressure. Only give because you want to. Over the years, I have learned to love to give. It's one of the joys of my life. Trish and I started giving a tithe when we were first married. Uh, now we look for how God might be leading us to give beyond that tithe. Uh, some years ago, we op opened an extra savings account uh, so that we could set aside money for extra giving. And we love that. We love having the freedom to respond to however God might lead us. And of course, like everybody, we want to be generous with our time. We want to be generous with our love. But being generous financially is also one of the great joys of life. Today, we're learning what it means to be generous. What does generosity look like? Right now, I want to lay out for you a short and sweet summary of today's message. Here it is. Generosity cannot be forced. Generosity flows willingly. And maybe you feel like saying, thank you, Captain Obvious. But I'm convinced that not many people have, have learned to let generosity flow willingly. So let's say this together, shall we? Generosity cannot be forced. Generosity flows willingly. One thing I've decided, and it's one of my personal policies, is to never loan money. I figure I'm not a bank. Now, if a friend asks to borrow money, I might give it to them. And they might call it a loan, but I tell them it's a gift. Now, if later it comes back to me, fine. If not, fine. I'm not looking for it. By giving it, I do not allow myself to get resentful if it doesn't come back. I give it freely. I don't want it to become a barrier in the relationship. Now, sure, there can be reasons to not give someone's uh, money. I, I don't want to enable someone's irresponsibility. But aside from that, you know, I find it very re rewarding to let God use me to be the answer to somebody's prayer. This fall, we are going through the Apostle Paul's second letter to the Corinthians in a series called Be Weak, Be Strong, Be Long. And if you're new with us today, then I want you to know that just because we're in the middle of the series, it doesn't matter because every message stands alone. And if you want to watch past messages, you can do that uh, from our website or you can download our Faith Westwood app and watch it from there. Now, in this letter, Paul the missionary is dealing with some complicated relationships with the people in Corinth that he earlier had led to Christ. For example, uh, more than most places that he brought the gospel, this group of people, uh, some of them have money. And a few of them decide that they want to give Paul some cash and become his personal benefactors. This kind of thing happened in, in ancient Greek and Roman cultures. For example, philosophers would, would go from city to city uh, sharing their ideas and, and hopefully setting up sponsors, these benefactor relationships with people willing to support them financially. Uh, some of these new believers in Corinth wanted to be Paul's benefactor. 
problem is that once you take a benefactor's money, it comes with strings attached. You're expected to publicly honor this person and praise this person. You're expected that, to also return the favor whenever the benefactor calls on you. You are beholden to the benefactor. That's why Paul refuses their offer. He doesn't want to be beholden to them. He doesn't want anyone thinking that they can control him. And he doesn't want to make it seem like the gospel is for sale. He's very sensitive to that. Matter of fact, earlier in this letter, he makes that very clear. In chapter 2, verse 17, he says, Unlike so many, we do not peddle the, the word of God for profit. And these, these wealthy believers kind of get a little ticked off at Paul. They're offended that, that he won't accept their offer. After all, they say, he accepts money from the believers up north in Macedonia, particularly the cities of Philippi and Thessalonica, why won't he accept our money? Are we not good enough for him? But you see, the situation is different with the Macedonian sisters and brothers. Paul didn't accept their money either while he was presenting the gospel free of charge. But he did later accept their mission giving when he left because it came with no strings attached. And their gifts enabled him to bring the gospel to other places, places like Corinth. And whether you are worshiping today with us in person or online, I hope that you never feel pressured to give. I, I, I trust that for most people, there comes a day when we internally decide that we want to give. Like I said before, gener generosity cannot be forced. Generosity flows willingly. Well, there's one more complication between Paul and these people in Corinth, and it has also to do with money. And I thought, you know, isn't that the way it is when money gets involved? We get offended easily. Mis misunderstandings arise easily. God has given Paul this idea that all of Jesus' people are all one people, one family. But sometimes it seems like it's divided with Jewish Christ followers on one side and Gentile Christ followers on the other side. Most of the Jewish Christ followers still live in Jerusalem and in the surrounding area of Judea. But everywhere else in the Roman Empire, most of the Christ followers uh, are Gentiles. And Paul knows that there have been some misunderstandings in the past, even some hostility between these two groups. And he wants to bring healing. And the Spirit has led him to a way to, to help that. Judea is facing a severe famine. And so he's asking the, the believers in the churches in Asia Minor and Macedonia and Greece to collect offerings for these impoverished sisters and brothers in Judea. Then he's going to go with representatives from these churches to deliver the money to Jesus' people in Jerusalem. But somebody at Corinth has, has apparently insinuated that Paul, who says he doesn't want their money, sure seems eager to get this money now. Maybe he's even planning to siphon off some of this mission money up for himself. Now, 
most people don't believe that. But you know the, the, how quickly that kind of thing can get around. Earlier, the sisters and brothers in Corinth had said that, yes, they would, they would love to help for this cause. They want to give. They want to be a part of it. And they agreed to give their mission offerings to save them up for hunger relief in Judea. Well, later then, when Titus shows up in Corinth, he finds out that they haven't been doing anything. They haven't been saving up. They haven't been collecting any money. They've been putting it off. And so Titus then goes back and reports all of this to Paul. Meanwhile, the much poorer sisters and brothers in Macedonia in the north, like I said before, specifically the cities of Philippi and Thessalonica, they've already been collecting a surprising amount of money. They're, they're enthusiastic about supporting this mission. And so in this next letter to the Corinthians, Paul brings up the offering for Jerusalem. And he sends Titus back down with this letter, and he tells Titus to work with them and encourage them to do what they said they do. So now let's look at verse 6. So we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to also bring to completion this act of grace on your part. A footnote, Paul spends all of chapters 8 and 9 talking about this offering for Judea, but he never once uses the word money. Isn't that interesting? He talks about the gift, the work, the offering, and ten times he uses the word grace. Like in verse 6, he calls it this act of grace. You know, Jesus said it many times and in many different ways that receivers of grace become givers of grace. Isn't that true? Let's say it together, shall we? Receivers of grace become givers of grace. And, you know, I think this is where generosity begins. The Corinthian disciples have received grace from Jesus now they have an opportunity to become givers of grace. One thing that we know about uh, these Corinthians is they like to one-up each other. They're always trying to outdo one another, uh, even as Christians. And, and a lot of Paul's first letter to them was dealing with this unhealthy competitiveness that they have. But in verse 7, Paul takes another track. He, he attempts to channel that competitiveness in a healthy direction. He's already told them how amazing the Macedonians have been in saving up and giving to this project. And now he says, But since you excel at everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Well, on rare occasion, people have asked me how much they should give to the church. They, they want me to tell them what I expect. Uh, some have asked me to do the math and divide the money needed by the number of members and compute their fair share. Well, I am reluctant to do that. And the reason is that I don't want to rob you of the joy of being generous, the joy of giving freely. Paul makes it clear that there is a line he's not going to cross. He's not going to tell them that they have to give. 
Now, he's going to come up close to that line a time or two, but he's not going to cross it because he knows that giving must be done willingly. In verse 8, he says, I am not commanding you. I'm not going to tell you that you have to do this. Why? Because if he commands them, they may do it, but they may do it grudgingly. And they'll have no opportunity to really be generous. As we said before, generosity cannot be forced. Generosity flows willingly. When you read these two chapters, you see that Paul tries to persuade them in many ways. And I, I imagine that he, they can also feel him twisting uh, their arms a little bit. But he will not command them. He will not say, you have to do this. In all of uh, uh, verse 8, he says, I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. He wants the example of the Macedonians to inspire them to, to rise higher in their generosity. And, of course, the supreme example of generosity is Jesus, which we see in verse 9. And here, the word grace can also mean generosity. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. Verse 9 is really the Jesus story in a nugget. Uh, Jesus the Son was rich in his eternal glory with the Father and the Holy Spirit, but he chose to be born to poor parents and laid in a livestock feed trough for his bed. Jesus was poor his entire life. He, he walked this life of poverty so that we might become rich, rich with hope, rich with joy, rich with love and faith and righteousness. This is the generous grace we receive that makes us generous givers of grace. Now, I need to add one thing, very important. Some of you, I know, are not at the same place you were a year ago financially. Maybe you've been laid off. Maybe you were furloughed. Maybe you've been involuntarily retired. And some of you are going, yeah, check, 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 all of the above. Generosity is not based on what you used to have or on what you wish you had or compared to what somebody else has. Generosity works with what you do have. And it looks different when your situation changes. And I think that's what Paul's getting at in verse 12. He says, For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. And that leads us back to willingness. He says, If the willingness is there. And I think that's what God is looking for. That we give willingly. Generosity cannot be forced. Generosity flows willingly. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you have been so generous to us. You became poor so that we could receive the riches of salvation 
Teach me to be generous like you. Teach me to be a giver of grace. Teach me to let it flow uh, willingly. And let me experience the joy of being generous. In your name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Now, for those of you watching on Facebook, I want to see if we can get a little conversation going. And so I'm pitching out this question to you. If someone gave you $10,000 and told you to use it to bless people with one specific need of your choosing, what need would you pick? So you can respond on the Facebook comment line and then feel free to respond to others' comments as well. Uh, but here's the question. If someone gave you $10,000 and told you to use it to bless people with one specific need of your choosing, what need would you pick? Thanks. Have a great conversation.
our prayer is that you will experience great satisfaction when you give. Please don't forget to stop by faithwestwood.com forward slash service, fill out a connection card. You can give us your prayer request. Also on that website, you can give to our 2020 vision. Our mission offering this week is for COVID-19. COVID-19 disrupted several things that we do in our building. And so we needed to purchase many things and your giving to that fund will help offset those costs. We've also had needs that have come up due to COVID-19 and we've been able to help people that have had ramifications, um, financial ramifications due to this virus. So everything that you give would help support those that, the, the help of COVID-19. Next week in seven days, we will be returning to worship. We encourage you to pray for one another as we all are striving to become deep, daring, and daily disciples.